You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's up, Seminole Headlines podcasters? Thanks so much for listening to the program. As always, the podcast brought to you in part by our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Today, no different. Appreciate them enabling us to do this for you. What else they'll do for you is uh, work hard throughout the state to ensure uh, that the insurance companies are doing the right thing and they're not acting in bad faith. Uh, they will they'll get after the insurer if they are. They'll inspect and assess the loss on your behalf. By the way, they are throughout the state. Just because an insurance company tells you no or there's a certain amount that they're willing to give out doesn't mean that's the end of the story. Find out more. Go to policyadvocate.com. That'd be policyadvocate.com. Or call 888-904-2524. Onward we go with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. Hour number two, Seminole Headlines continues now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. This hour brought to you by Birch Orthodontics. Dr. Birch and her staff, best in the business, it's not close, and it's the ride-and-die orthodontist that we hope will carry on over. I mean, we've got great sponsors. We're going to have uh, more wanting to uh, knock down the door and join us, but uh, we we will for- be forever indebted to uh, Dr. Birch and uh, Birch Orthodontics. So we, I have a feeling that um, she's going to enjoy the higher profile as we reach even a larger audience now, guys. This is going to be – I mean, I don't know if she can take on more. Clients, if you will, are they clients, Ira? What are they? Just patients? Patients. Yeah, right? They're they're family members. What they are. Yeah. Oh, that's so well played. Yeah. That is. So <laughs> yeah. well- <laughs> she actually, Doctor Birch's office actually just sent an email uh, yesterday announcing some new staff members. I think it's just more expansion, more growth over there, Birch Orthodontics, and uh, we've been thrilled to be partners with them. Our kids have gone there. Your kids should go there. Plenty of adults uh, go there as well to get any orthodontic work. They'll make your smile pretty, and they do it uh, with great customer service, payment plans, free consultations, everything you could want in an orthodontist. Virtualorthodox.com is the place to be. Uh, I start with a Twitter question just so Ira won't freak out, and I'm going to go back and forth. That's what we're going to do here. Chris writes, with Texas and Oklahoma's news, what would your first move be if you were FSU? Try to get into the SEC, question mark. Get in bed with Clemson and bowl for the Big Ten, question. Try and get Notre Dame into the ACC and get someone like West Virginia, question mark. Um, well, I have a feeling most of the questions are going to center around this. But uh, to answer Chris's question, I'll start with there's not much FSU can do. Um, they, they're going to have to explore options. But um, what we alluded to last hour is a very real problem, and that is the grant of rights deal through 2036. So, uh 
good luck. You, you, you can't just get into the SEC for starters, and you can't just leave the conference because you don't like the way things are going, even though you might effort to try. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, the, the I guess as far as their action can go, you know, if there's a way that, you know, things continue to get destabilized, you know, the, the one question I think people have, you know, if you look at the Grant of Rights Agreement, which I have a copy of the 2013 version, the original one, and I think when it was extended, they just, they didn't change any of the terms. Um, but really nothing can be amended in that contract unless all parties agree to it. So unless the whole conference decides we're going to disband, they're beholden to that contract. And I just, you know, Texas and Oklahoma are only going to have to pay out at most maybe a couple of years from their grant of rights. But in the ACC, it's, it still goes for 15 more years. Um, so I just don't see how that's a big solution. I think the best solution is to be to bring more teams into the ACC. But again, that goes back to the problem we talked about. Other than Notre Dame, who else are you going to bring in that's going to move the needle? Nobody matters. Nobody matters. I mean, Houston, it's a large population. It's a big city, and they actually seem to care about that program in that city. But barely. Like Houston's not moving the needle. West Virginia doesn't do anything. It's a why bother. You know what I mean? Why bother bringing in? Why bother bringing in BC and Pitt again with with similar type programs? That no, don't no, I I, I agree. I don't think you should knee jerk this and just add somebody because right. you feel like that's the way to compete. Because adding these teams like West Virginia uh, aren't going to help you. I, I, in fact, I think if you were going to add teams, if you were going to start to pick through the ruins of the Big Twelve, oddly, I'd take a serious look at Baylor. Uh, because of all the money and investment that they have now, uh, they, this is a that's a, a twisted school and a, a crazy fan base. But uh, they've got gobs <laughs> of money and they care deeply. Um, <laughs> a twist, a twisted school is not it how is. you want to be referred to. But yeah, <laughs> they've got some real issues there at Baylor. Um, not unlike Oral Roberts and several other schools that have, or Liberty for that matter. But yeah. I would just tell you that that uh, yeah, Baylor's fanaticism is is unique. But they are all in. That stadium, that investment, they plan on playing big-time college football moving in the future. So I don't know. You'd start to look at some some schools that uh, maybe don't immediately come to mind. I, I know most in this fan base have said, well, West Virginia, F West Virginia, that useless-ass school in the middle of nowhere, West Virginia, that doesn't do anything for you. Sing a little Miss- John Denver. Country <laughs> Road, take me home. Oh, I thought you guys were going to. Sing along. Yeah, I guess not. (laughs) Next question, then. Um, All right. Big Smooth writes on Facebook, since it doesn't sound like Jeff went, Ira, did you feel an emptiness without Adazio being in the room? I'll answer that for Ira. He did not. He did not have the same rapport that Tom and I had with Adazio. Um, So I don't think Ira was longing for the Steve Adazio interview that that Tom and I uh, always cherished. So I, I, I answered it for you. But I did. Uh, everybody that talked to Jeff Halfley was super impressed. I mean, it, the he was probably one of the maybe the, the star of the the day in terms of just everybody that interviewed him or was around him just said, okay, I can see why that guy has had that success that quickly at BC, and uh, it'd be interesting to see how long he stays there. Jeff uh, is a very impressive dude, and that program last year was one of the few bright spots uh, for first year coaches um, throughout the country who took over during a pandemic. Uh, also, I would say, and, and again, I don't want this to uh, regress into some political debate. Uh, I admire his stance. Uh, he and Boston College are not fooling around. Uh, they're not going to have games canceled because people aren't vaccinated. Uh, they mandated that you do it. And the one player who said he didn't want to, 
He said, fine, I'll help you find somewhere else to play and did. Um, and that is a very real issue uh, that we may end up be talking about here at Florida State and other schools throughout the ACC. Um, and so I admire that they took a, a stand, a decisive one at that, and they're not going to have to worry about it. Walter writes, what is each of your won't miss that for nothing Olympic moment this summer? I don't know if I have one per se. I know Corey does. Corey, fire away. I have a won't miss that for nothing Olympic. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. the one last night. Um, that Did you see that? Did both any, either one saw, of you guys watch that live? I saw the replay. I didn't see it live. Uh, the, the girl from Alaska, uh, Jacoby, Lydia Jacoby, maybe Jacoby's that, last right. name for sure. Um, went in the 100 meter something, uh, kind of an upset. Uh, I think it might've been the breast. The, I think it was the, the back the one, was something. The 100 meter something. I know she went, mm. she went to and fro. I know she did that. Um, but yeah, man, her winning it was cool enough. The way Lydia King, who was the favorite in the former gold, the former world champion, swam over and raised her hand, even though she was upset that she didn't win. And then when they showed her classmates in Alaska, she's from Alaska, going crazy. And they have apparently 150-meter competitive pool in the entire state. Uh, which, by the way, I was starting to think, what has Alaska been bringing to this country lately? What, have we got um, our money's worth out of Alaska? Because I know you're going to say oil, but I see no. what I'm paying at the pump, baby. Yeah, Alaska uh, needs to get it going. Well, what Alaska does is provide lunacy, uh, a little bit like Florida. But <laughs> right. the second they give us I crabs. Heard, yeah, I mean, the not, they I give us crabs to eat. That that woman was from Alaska, I immediately thought, not only has she had overcome the, the one pool situation, Corey, right. but also, no doubt, serial killers for parents. Because <laughs> right. there's no reason to be in Alaska unless you're running from the law. Yeah, now her parents, I think, are like uh, tourism. Uh, they're like sightseeing sure boat they captains. Are. So mm -hmm. that's a great front. If you're going to be a serial killer, look, we're not we're not implying that they kill people. But if you were being a sightseeing boat captain, oh, we just lost them at sea. No, they didn't <laughs> sign up. They weren't on this tour. But anyway, uh, the thought, the, the that reaction from those kids in Alaska was just so pure and and joyful. It made Stephanie like genuinely start crying. I even got a little like teared up and choked up. It was just cool to see that and to think about her. Like, who did she compete against her whole life? She's only 17. How did she get so good to be the best in the world at something with no real competition in Alaska? So that probably it, a desire, it's not really a cool story. Probably a desire to get the hell out of Alaska. Um, yeah. Well, Daniel so, writes. I thought this was going to be more of an uplifting part of the show, but was, apparently we're just going to take a big old dump on Alaska. She had to swim as fast away from the uh, serial killers in her family. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Daniel writes, do you guys think a rock-solid commitment like Travis Hunter could waver due to the NIL? Seeing Bama's quarterback racking up endorsements could be tempting him to leave his dream school for straight cash, homie. That I the So weird. That whole thing was so weird. A, I'm not sure I believe that that kid's got a million dollars endorsements. Maybe he does. But B, the way that Saban put it out there, it's almost like, yeah, maybe it was for recruiting purposes. But no, I don't think it's – I mean – for the most part, I think most of those kids realize that, I mean, the, the reality is Alabama can only sign 25 players and they're already signing the best of the best. It's not like, you know, Travis Hunter, they, it's not like they didn't want him before and he could have gone there before. So I don't think it's going to have a huge major impact. Um, but I, but I, you know, I, it's a concern, I guess, but man, those, those schools were already getting the best of the best. Anyway. When it comes to that too, don't you think it's like, wouldn't you rather be, if you're thinking about that, a bigger fish? In a smaller pond than a big fish in a huge pond with a lot of other big fish? 
Like Travis Hunter could be the most marketable player on the roster as a true freshman. Like, why why would he want to go to Alabama where there's already 20 Travis Hunters? And the, the yeah. money split up a little more. If you really want to think like that, yeah, you'd rather be like, I don't know, Bradley Beal in Washington than Bradley Beal with the Warriors. Ronald writes, uh, what happens first? FSU and Clemson find their way out of this grant of rights mess and bolt to the SEC, or Corey wakes up before noon? We got an answer for that. Corey yeah, woke we up do. before noon today. Yeah, way there before noon. Go. Way before yeah. noon. Nine, um, like 9-10. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, <laughs> he went on to say, he went on to say, I also want to congratulate John Swafford on retirement by offering him a free ass kicking at the time and place of his choosing. Um, yeah, I think people are going to reconsider uh, John Swafford's legacy. Uh, I think there's been some, obviously folks outside the triangle have not felt about him the way those in the triangle do. And this is making them feel less um, confident that we should be naming the trophy after John Swafford for the uh, ACC championship game. Uh, and they, you know, they also, uh, they've been airing on the ACC network, which we don't get in Tallahassee, uh, <laughs> but they've been airing, they've been airing the John Swafford legacy tribute, like mm. documentary yeah. that, uh, yeah. really, yeah. really, really making people feel warm and fuzzy. Thanks, John. Appreciate you screwing all of us. $300 million Thanks. less than the big 10, John, yeah. a year, a, 300 a million legacy, a year. What a legacy. You screwed us. All of us outside of the SEC have no chance to compete in anything because of your ass. Well, Seminole Headlines continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Back to headliner questions, and we go to Chad. He writes, I'd like confirmation if there was any intervention needed over the weekend with the news that Shade Tree was in the 850. Uh, People know that I am a... an avid supporter of uh, Marvin Jones. And I think he's the greatest player in Florida state football history. Uh, and I adore Marvin Jones. And so immediately upon the news that he was in town with junior, his son, um, people worried that I was going to stalk him. Uh, I'm not that kind of fan guys. I just, I just like to profess my undying loyalty and love for him. Every chance I get from a distance, <laughs> from a distance is, is all safe. that is You're safe. Yeah. Good. He's safe. He's safe. Uh, I would say that, um, you know, I was abuzz with that news because his son is going to be a superstar and is bigger, as Ira pointed out yesterday on the Jeff Cameron show. Uh, every time we see him, he continues to fill out that frame. He's 6'4", 250, and he's going to be a menace. The problem is, of course, we're trying to get him to come to Florida State and not Alabama and Ohio State and or Oklahoma, all three of whom are you know, obviously actively recruiting him and trying to persuade him to uh, to not come to Florida State. But uh, hopefully his dad and his dad's legacy and all the people that were around him this past weekend uh, may convince him even further to, to, to go follow in the footsteps of his uh, elite father. When's he going to commit, Ira? Tired of this. Tired of waiting around. Well, I'll, we'll, we'll just call Shade Tree and tell him, hey, man, let's uh, let's move on with this. That'd be a good war ch- uh, Seminole Headlines exclusive. That would be. You should make that happen, Jeff, now that you're on board. Yeah, I'm going to have to call him. Um, I, I, he, he follows me. We follow each other. I don't know that I would call us friends. Uh, I did have an interaction. Uh, I like to call him friend. I'm not sure that he right. reciprocates. But uh, I would say that I, I did have an interaction with him a few years back down there in Miami when I saw him outside the stadium before Florida State-Miami game. 
Uh, he knew who I was. That that was very big for me, guys. And um, that was nice. So I don't know. I mean, maybe I could give him a call. I don't want to screw it up, though. What if I'm the guy that ruins it? He did. He, he knew who you were because of the restraining order. Right. Yeah. He, he's, he's seen that name before. What, by the way, so that the the cool video of those kids going crazy in that whatever that was, it was like a bus depot or a railroad depot. It was, I thought it was a gym at first, but it wasn't. In Alaska? Yeah. In Alaska. What percent? It's about 100 kids, it looked like going crazy. What percentage of those kids, I guess, do we think grow up to be serial killers? I don't think there'll be serial killers, but they've been modeled. Uh, you know, they've seen their parents who are only in Alaska because they're criminals. So right. whatever, whatever, if they so, look at those chance. parents. <laughs> right? Two. Two out of the hundred. Two percent. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. We'll, we'll all be looking at that video again someday, I guess. Yep. Slow it down. Get their faces. Uh, Rob asks, with conference realignment being the hot topic, we've seen our old pal Jimbo quick to make comments about keeping Texas out of the SEC. How hard would UF fight to keep FSU out? Very hard. Yeah. Yeah. There's no interest there. But, I mean, I'm not, you know, not saying, not saying it also no doesn't really matter. It's just one school, just like Texas A&M's opinion doesn't really matter. In fact, like Jeff pointed out, why would Ole Miss want in Arkansas want Texas to be coming into that conference? They don't want that. They'll all fall in line like good little soldiers, and they'll vote yes because it's more money than they'll be told to. Yeah, I, I think, unfortunately, that, that's true. Um, I would say, and nobody's going to, you know, lose sleep over this or, or cry a ribbon for Jimbo and Texas A&M, but man, did they get screwed. Holy moly. I mean, this is the first time that the SEC has just decided it's an unwritten rule, uh, but to blatantly go against their promise to uh, member institutions uh, that we won't bring in a school from your own state. Um, that, that's, they've all said they wouldn't do that um, and not without approval. And, um, and that's what I was going to say about they, Florida. It's not just about Florida, but Florida and Georgia and South Carolina, you know, they've all had right. kind of an understanding that they they're not going to let in Georgia Tech or well, not that they would want Georgia Tech, but right. the Clemson, yeah. Clemson or Florida State. And uh, so we'll see. Maybe this is the dawn of a new day. But at the end of the, but he on the other side of that, as we've talked about before, is Florida State would still have to figure out a way out of the grain of rights, even if they could get in. Well, and I'll say this. If Florida State ends up in the SEC, I hope it's three to four years from now because right now Florida State would enter that conference on the other end of a bunch of ass beatings every yeah. Saturday. Right. That would be right. Can you imagine that? That is a that's a two and ten waiting to happen with six forty point losses. Like we're we're figured out. Can they go up to Winston Salem and beat that Wake Forest team? <laughs> Dude, I said this yesterday to somebody. They were like, "We got to get into the SEC." I'm like, "Man, be careful." I yeah. mean, as we're as we're currently constructed. We're not sure we can finish fourth in the Atlantic. So let's <laughs> slow it down. Let's, you know, right now we're trying to navigate those Wake Forest Louisville waters. I'm not yeah. real sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, Michael writes, hello, gentlemen. Congrats on all of the new moves at War Chant. It was great to meet Ira and Tom at the kickoff. I had one beer on the ACC's dime for every bad call they made over the years. So Thursday morning was a little rough. Anyways. Bob Bowlesby is out, and you three are in as the new Big 12 commissioner. What do you do to stay relevant? Teams to add, moves to make, folding the league is not an option. P.S. Watch the Woodstock documentary on HBO. It's good. Um, okay, so uh, what would we do? Cry? I'd cry because we're screwed. Yeah. It's over. 
yeah, I, yeah. I mean, like it's it's not my fault. I would keep saying that over and over again. It's not my fault. <laughs> I didn't know this was happening. It's not my fault, guys. It's not, I wasn't a part of this, obviously. Uh, yeah, there's nothing you. There's no. What could the Big Twelve possibly do? They just lost their two, mar, not just their marquee, like two of the ten marquee programs in the country. Texas is the biggest money maker in the country, and I know Texas wasn't giving them a lot of that money, but they got some money off Texas. I I can't imagine the. I know you don't say fold the league. There's nobody to add that would matter. Houston, the beauty, of, I guess. The beauty of Texas is they're the reason the Big Twelve isn't the Big Twelve anymore. Yeah, right. You know, they're the reason Nebraska, Nebraska never, got out. Yeah, and, Colorado yeah, got out. And Missouri, but so now you're you're you've left it in a shambles, and then you just left it. You know, I mean, it's just uh, they're the villain, right? Like if they, you had to pick 100%. a villain for 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 what's happened to college football in the last. 12 years, Texas is the biggest villain because they had to have their own network. They, they they made people leave their own conference and now they stuck it out to save the conference only to then leave those teams in the lurch uh, 10 years later. You know, I think if I were a Missouri uh, student or fan or graduate, I'd be livid that we left the Big 12. Missouri, you've got no chance in hell from this point forward to ever doing anything ever again. You got into the league at just the right time when Florida was down, Tennessee hasn't been relevant in forever, and you won a couple East Division titles and didn't took your ass kicking in the SEC tournament, I mean, a championship, they're never going to win anything ever again. It's, no. I forgot to include them in my list of teams that now have no shot to ever build towards anything ever at all. That would it suck. What's funny is if there was a Missouri fan listening to this, they'd be like, yeah, but we get $25 extra million dollars a year. That so? we, it's like, okay, you don't get it. It's not yeah. going to you. It's going to it's going to nothing. It's not going it's, to it's not going to any trophy ever because you're not no. going to do anything with it. No, I, I, I mean again, you could sit there and just list the team. You got no shot. Oh, I'd be furious. It's it like sucks. Maryland. It's like Maryland fans. They don't get to play Duke in North Carolina anymore. They have to go play Wisconsin and Purdue. And yeah, it's a lot more money for the athletic department. Maryland's not winning anything that matters in our lifetimes ever. They might make a I run in the, basketball, but they could have done that in the ACC. I think the one school that's probably happy with the arrangement because they were already mostly taking ass kickings for the last 100 years. Now they can just continue to take ass kickings, but for more money would be Rutgers. Rutgers has got to be elated. Oh, there yeah, the absolutely. Thing. Yeah. I mean, Rutgers going to be like, are you kidding me? It's a dream come true. We've never <laughs> been anything outside of the two years Shiano was cheating. And we have just – we've always taken ass kickings. Now we do money. With a lot more money. Yeah, cobs of money. Those <laughs> administrators are loving life. Yeah, it's a beautiful day. Uh, Kyle writes, hello, gentlemen. Congrats on the move, Jeff. Maybe you will class that place up a little bit. Oh, I doubt it. Then he says, I kid, I kid. I think yeah. the most interesting thing with the OU and Texas move is what happens to the Longhorn Network. It's only supposed to broadcast Big 12 programming. Does that just go away now? Yeah, I think that dissolves, right? Like, there, there's no way the SEC powers that be are going to let Texas have its own network in the midst of the SEC network. That can't happen. So, no, I think the Longhorn Network is done. I wanted to go back, though. The, the, last, uh, the last poster uh, talked about the 99 Woodstock documentary. It is really good. I liked it a lot. It's really well done. And it reminds you that, like, Limp Biscuit for a year or two, was, like, the biggest band in the country. How did that happen? How did that happen? Because rap rock became a thing for about an hour, and it was always tragically sad. And it's a dream. I won't watch the documentary because I don't need to see that loser jumping around singing those terrible songs. I won't watch it. <laughs> well, it's more than just him. 
it's it does, it's more than just him. It's kind of the backstory of how it became mayhem. He's part of yeah. it. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like man, flipping Limp Biscuit. Yes, for no, year, for a couple of years was like selling you out think, stadiums. You think and the better they should do a documentary on Fred Durst and ask him like, did you think to yourself, holy hell, I fooled them all? This he is had insane. To. He I had mean, to. he had to walk around pinching himself. I mean, like, can I you don't believe know, man. You- I'm not sure he's that self-aware. <laughs> but he not knows sure. he's not talented, right? He had to know he's not, like, super talented. He has to know. He has to know. He, you know, anyhow. Um, really quickly, let's get one more in here. Nathaniel writes, with Jeff moving to War Chant, what will this do to the recording of headlines in Corey's beauty sleep? Will Mr. Clark finally get the mid to late evening recording of which he's always dreamt? <laughs> also, with all of, also, with all this cold, hard cash y'all have made for Ben, Let's say we push him to stroke a fat check to FSU to stoke the fire of the rebuilding climb. Listen, Ben, picture it. Just imagine how glorious that flaming registered spirit sausage will look as it lights up along the skyline of the stadium as the war chant roars. Spirit sausage for that ass. <laughs> like the, it's not a bad we, idea. It's we, we a spirit the, spear. It's yeah, a big exactly. sausage now. Yeah. Exactly. That's oh, solid. I like it. Can we, can we make sure that it is um, – well, I, I probably shouldn't go there. I, we've already really yeah. made this a disgusting. You're talking about the of, shape uh, of it. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I, was gonna, I got you. I was gonna, yeah, yeah, it would be great. <laughs> when it gets to the top, when you let yeah. it all the way to yeah. the top. Yeah, oh, yeah, you knew where I was. You get where <laughs> yeah. I was going. You see what I was doing? Yeah. If anybody wonders what I was doing, you may remember the Beastie Boys license to ill tour. Oh, boy. Oh, they had a certain. That's good. Yeah, they, they, they had a certain prop. Sure. That's what I was thinking with the with the with the sausage. Well, not, be we fantastic. probably won't go there. We probably won't go. But there. just remember, just to think about how loud that place would get in anticipation. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> and and then we just then they just kick off Seminole Wind. Is, oh, uh, but yeah, then oh my God! Hey, who, real, who's stopping us now? <laughs> we got question. Uh, so yeah, man, the plan is. Uh, We'll be doing uh, similar headlines, you know, warchant.com in that one to three hour or time span. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, on Tuesdays, and uh, you'll be able to uh, hopefully be able to watch live broadcasts of it on the Warchant YouTube channel. So uh, not so hopefully, big, you will be yes. able to do that. That is part of the deal. There's and no also, the podcast, it. the podcast stays the same. You know, if you're listening yeah. to us on podcasts, we'll still have podcasts. Yes. Um, it and, won't just and if be you YouTube. Drive- and if you're driving around town, you'll be able to listen to it on 93.3 FM. So there you go. There's just so many ways to continue to listen to uh, Seminole Headlines. And speaking of Seminole Headlines, it continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. More headliner questions, but before we get to them, we want to shout out our friends at Horizons Bar and Grill. I was just there uh, six days ago. Yeah, I think that's about right. Um, swung by there, got some food to go as I want to do. Their food is delicious. I can't help myself. I feel my car drives itself to Horizons these days. Um, I love, love, love the uh, shrimp tacos that they have there. I, I know the whole menu is great, but I just can't. I'm addicted to them. I get them every time. I And I've, told, I've said this before, but the mac and cheese bites are better than they were at the old place. They're incredible. And you can get them with buffalo sauce on them, too. I prefer mm-hmm. my buffalo sauce on the side so I can do a little dipping. I don't want it drenched in buffalo sauce. But that that stuff is crazy. We've already talked about the chicken sandwich. Um, and it, it's right on par with all the in the chicken wars. Uh, it's just it's it's food, it's not on man. Par. It's, 
it's not on par, Corey. Oh, it competes with it. It beats. That's what exactly. I'm exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. the SEC of chicken sandwiches. It really is. That's what they want to be known as. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so it's a great, it's a great, it's a really cool place for the family. It's also a good place to grab a beer and watch a uh, watch a game. It's located. I like at, this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, I was no. going to say, if uh, if you're in Tallahassee, it's the intersection of uh, Thomas Road and Bannerman Road, back in there in Bannerman, Bannerman Crossing on the northeast side of town. And uh, you also can order it and pick it up to go, which I do a lot of times. Jeff has the uh, the uh, the smarter plan of, of showing up early and tilt back some of those, yeah. those craft brews before he uh, mm -hmm. picks up his food. But, uh, yeah, check him out at uh, Bannerman Crossing on uh, northeast Tallahassee. And Stephanie just reminded me. She heard me talking, and she texted down. Um, the hummus plate. We had the hummus plate the last time we were there. Incredible. I don't like hummus. I'm not a big hummus guy. But that stuff was off the chain, guys. I anyway. like the hummus plate. That's yeah, a good it's call. good. I, mean, I, I didn't know I liked hummus. That was a that was a uh, revelation. I'm gonna combine two things here, Travis and uh, and 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 Drew. Drew, you um, asked something similar here. Uh, Travis basically talking about Oklahoma and Texas blowing up college football. What are our options? He wants to hear even pie in the sky options. Um, also, is this the absolute worst time to be an athletic department in transition? Uh, yeah, yeah, it certainly hurts, Travis. And then to to also answer uh, the other question, what's the best and most likely path for FSU football moving forward for long-term stability and competitiveness in the marketplace and on the field? Do we have any options? Yeah, you know, I hate to leave people bereft of hope after they listen to this show, but I don't think we have any options, guys. We're oh, pretty well screwed. Here's a, he asked about pie in the sky, and I do think this is – you know, oh, it, I was going to attack the pie in the sky. There we go. There we go. It, I just, you know, the one thing that somebody threw out there, and I was actually a poster on our message boards who, um, who's, who I know outside the message boards as well, but he threw this out there, and I think it makes sense. I, I don't know whether it'll happen or not, but if, the, if, if some of the powers in the Big Ten realize that the only way they can compete with the SEC is to join forces with the powers of the ACC – there's a better chance of that conference faltering than the ACC because they don't their their TV deal is up within the next couple of years, so those schools could get out at some point. And you know, you're talking about the Penn States and and Ohio States and those schools. If they say we're better off with these ACC schools and leaving the Big Ten, then maybe that's a way for the ACC to to, I mean, just it would be a like a rev revolution. Uh, for the you know the ACC could really compete then with the SEC, but I don't think it's going to be a FSU or ACC schools going somewhere else. Their best hope is to somehow raid, which I know sounds crazy, but raid the Big Ten. That would be crazy they, because of the TV deal that the Big Ten has, right? Yeah, yeah but but think, the theory would be if you bring those teams in. Now ESPN has to renegotiate with the ACC, and maybe right. the numbers could get to the same level. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's not like you know. Them joining, if you take the best teams of the Big Ten and put them with the best teams in the ACC, that's on par. That's better than what they're leaving. That right. would put them on par with the SEC. Yeah, they so just have to be, the money would have to work. Yeah, and I think it yeah. would if you put together that kind of conference. Man, that would be one mega. I mean, that's interesting because you do have to still divvy up the money in a way that is uh, more profitable than what is currently happening for Florida State, obviously, and, and the other ACC teams. And how big is this conference going to be, Ira? In this? Well, I mean, I'm just saying, if, if you're, you know, you're at 14 right now, if you were, if you were, and maybe that's what entices 
Notre Dame to come on. So if you brought in, again, this is pie in the sky, but if you brought in Notre Dame and Ohio State and Penn State and maybe Michigan, you know, if you brought in six of their five of their best teams and Notre Dame or their five best teams in Notre Dame to make a 20 team conference or something. I mean, I, you know, again, I mean, I just, what think do we do in Nebraska? I want Nebraska in Lincoln's a fun place to go see games. I've been there. I, I would put Nebraska in, but I'd be telling Northwestern and Purdue and some of these other schools yeah, to have a good sure. day. Um, Illinois, go and Indiana. Pool. go play in the kiddie pool with uh, yeah. Yeah. Iowa state. Yeah. Illinois, Indiana, you guys get the hell up out of here. We're, we're moving on without you. But but we've got to do the same thing to the ACC. we got to tell all these schools at the bottom to have a good day. Yeah, let's I mean, do it. Wake, Wake Forest, there's 100 people that go to your school, Wake. you got to go. you got to go. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Robert writes, love the show, guys. What made Bobby such a great closer on National Signing Day? Also, was Mickey ever close to leaving for a head coaching position? Love the show. Well, I know Mickey flirted with the opportunity to to go elsewhere several times in his career and and was offered opportunities. I don't know how close he came to to signing a deal. Uh, maybe Corey, maybe you know that. Um, in in terms of uh, Bobby uh, just being a great recruiter, period. Um, I mean, is there anybody more folksy in the history of college football than Bobby Bowden? Is there anybody in the history of college football who can sit across from a kid's parents? and connect better than Bobby yeah. Bowden, a, a down-home, off-shucks kind of character, a father figure. Uh, a human being. Who, a human yeah, being. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, it seems only fitting that this news comes at a time where, sadly, we know that Bobby is, um, you know, is, is winding out an incredible life um, because he's the last of the kind of charming, old-school characters that made up college football's coaching ranks yeah. for so long and one of the many things that separated it from pro football. Um, he, he's, he's the last one standing, and um, pretty much. And, and so it, it seems fitting that as college football gets blown up, it's happening now with, with, the, with the long run that Bobby Bowden had coming to an end. Well, the, the thing that made him such a great recruiter is the same thing that why so many people are so touched by him and why people took the news last week so hard. Um, that the end is near um, for Coach Bowden is that every anybody you talk to that ever met him, whether it was media people, whether it was fans, whether it was just people on the street, they all say that he had this way of making them feel like they were the most important person in the world. Like he could just had that way of he he made people feel so good about themselves by the way he treated them. And now you take that and put it in a kid's house, like a, a, on a recruiting mm -hmm. visit. Um, you know, the way he could charm. And then you add in his faith, which obviously resonates with a lot of parents as well. Um, it, you know, he, uh, you know, really was kind of the total package. And then when you had the success on the field that Florida state had, it was, it really was a total package. Seminole headlines continues in a moment. Seminole headlines. will take a breather more next Seminole headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN radio. All right, wrapping it up guys. Let's get to some, uh, some more questions here. Andrew writes, wait a minute. Does this mean we're not going to get the bare knuckle brawl between Aslan and Tom Lang we were promised months ago? I was like, <laughs> I was laying on a TKO on the 10th. You're killing me here. Uh, in all seriousness, guys, you should get the message to Tom and Aslan that the next time they're on camera together, they need to start an all professional and courteous like normal um, and be all courteous and normal like. I, I don't think I'm reading this properly. Anyhow, he, he's worried that they're not going to fight. They're not going to fight. Yeah. Austin writes, Corey, can you throw your considerable weight around and make legit, uh, legitimate conference out of FSU, Clemson, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State? Let's let the ACC be the lacrosse and basketball conference they've always wanted to be. 
Is that a shot at my physique? Because I wouldn't say I have considerable weight. Or is he is he being no. nice no, and I, saying, he's, oh, yeah, okay, he's, he's I didn't know. Nice. I could, it's hard to know with our listeners if they're taking shots at me. By the way, I tried to play for that group at the beach, the squirrel story. I tried to explain it to them. It was hard to do. And I couldn't find Jeff's recap on his on the Jeff Cameron show of that yeah. day that it happened. But that's that's an all timer. They don't they don't they don't know that story. A few of them did. A few of them didn't. I, I replayed the Seminole headlines retelling of it, but we retold it as if most people already knew what happened. Jeff did a Jeff when he did it initially did a play by play. I did a thorough breakdown and it yeah. was it was it was good radio. It was nine uh, years ago. It was uh almost, it was Halloween of two thousand twelve. That's how long I remember it like it was yesterday because I saw it happening in slow motion. Two things occurred yeah. to me as it was going down. Ira's jettisoned the area before it actually ever started. He was question. already suspicious of that squirrel. He saw what was coming. I, it was happening so fast and yet slowed down like a car accident where it's all at once happening rapidly, but yet you see it frame Look, by frame. This wasn't an invitation to relive one of the darkest <laughs> but, moments of my life. But what I realized was that Corey was the only one of the three of us that had no idea that this squirrel was about to jump on his leg. It was glorious. I, I could see it happening. Ira was already halfway down the street. Yeah. Uh, if you guys don't know out there, he's not a fan of critters. Um, doesn't like <laughs> bugs or anything that's non-human other than dogs. So really, I, <laughs> I think in that, that in that way, I'm kind of glad that it jumped on me and not him. Man, if it oh jumped God. on him. You would have just started humping the ground. I, I would have been rolling around. I would have yeah, been rolling you around. You would have hit the deck like you were on fire. <laughs> I'm actually picturing Ira's uh, face and the shriek of his voice as he's screaming uh, with a squirrel on your leg. I would have been punching it, punching myself, yeah, punching it. Punching yourself <laughs> in the face to knock yourself out. <laughs> Somebody shoot me. Somebody yeah. shoot me. <laughs> just make I it in. If you were carrying, if you had your your uh, forty four on your uh, your your holster, I would yeah. have said, "Dude, I trust you." Shoot the Take squirrel it. or shoot me. Just start shooting. Just in this in this nightmare right now. Gator Kirk writes, "Congrats to the growing war chant tribe." What are you looking forward to the most about the upcoming season? Rest up. We're less than two weeks before practice starts. Good job, Gator Kirk. I like that. Um, I'm really excited about the season. I know this has been a bit of a downer talking about what's going on in the, in big time college football, but I I think that, I don't know, maybe I'm weird. I don't mind, you know, wading through the the difficult times of uh, a rebuild. I don't mind it. I I like to see the little moments of progress. And I think there's going to be a lot of them this year. I don't think they're a real good football team. um, And I don't think they're on the cusp of winning eight games or anything like that, but I do think we'll see, uh, a sizable shift in, in what they're going to be, and that's what this year will represent to me. I don't like rebuilds. It's it's broken me a few times, I'll be honest. You guys have heard it. You've seen it live. Uh, so hopefully this year they can get to seven or eight wins, and uh, the rebuild will be over. You're just now rebuilding towards dominance. Mm. Corey wants to uh, expedite everything, and I understand that. I think deep down we all well, Look, guys, it's a microwave that. society. It's a microwave yeah. society now. Yeah. That's what society is all about. It's how quick yeah. can you get things done. Nobody wants to wait you and, anymore. You and Jimbo should sit across from each other on this giant <laughs> ranch as you ride horses together and yeah. talk about society. Society. Yeah, and, and relate yeah. to the common man. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the $75 million ranch as you're on your yeah. horses talking about how society is steered us wrong. He, he, after he went to that fair and bought like a $50,000 cow or whatever it was. 
<laughs> um, okay, more questions. Are you getting Twitter questions or is this all Facebook? Dude, I've concerned. done a gazillion Tinder questions. Uh, the Twitter what? questions. Uh, Tinder. Let's get let's get on Tinder. Let's <laughs> Did get I see headlines on Tinder? I actually think I said Tinder. That's what I thought is, you said. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which should be a website. Should be something uh, in that ilk. <laughs> I think people will be like, yeah, you know, this yeah. is a good one. Yeah, you got this yeah. new app. Yeah. By the way, everybody, we know what this app's about. I yeah, mean, there's yeah. just <laughs> no question. You're not having to wade through those that don't. We know exactly what's on this website, guys. Um, <laughs> Chris, <laughs> Chris writes, would you rather be able to take five five-star players every year, but the rest of your players had to be three stars, or be guaranteed all four-star players, but none of them could be in the top 100? That's a tough one. I like that question. I think I would go with the five star. Well, I don't know. I think I'd go with the four stars. Uh, all four stars? Yeah. So probably. if you had a class of 25 kids and they were all four stars, yeah, I'd, I feel pretty good about my chances of fielding a, a, a decent group. But none uh, are in the top 100. They're all lower tier type four stars. Yeah. So they're 101 to 150. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you're right. You're probably yeah. right. I'm taking that. Um, Chaco writes, you should host a new segment brought to you by Dr. Birch. Conference realignment. Where do you see FSU playing in five years? Oh, she'll, she, she'll align that ass. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be the ACC, whatever version of the ACC it is. Unless you go to like some the two teams, the two mega conferences. Uh, then we'll then we just blow it all up, which certainly could happen. There's no doubt that that's on the table. The truth is, um, this is a little bit like Corey's discussion of trying to bypass the rebuild. None of us really know what this is going to look like in three or four years. Um, th this or is 15 a years. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to put a, a logical guess on where Florida State ends up or what happens to the ACC. What happens to the rest of college football that's not the SEC? Um, Brian writes, what sort of war chant hazing will Tom and Jeff have to endure? Hashtag new bloods. Ooh, that's a good um, one. We're, we, yeah. we don't do elephant walks anymore. So I'm trying to think of what the next hazing would be. Just probably like a hell night in Ira's house. Or uh, maybe you, you'll take them back to the beach, set yeah. them off naked, and then call 911 on them. Call 911 and see if y'all can get away from the cops. Chris writes, Texas is annoying. <laughs> But in a way, I admire how unapologetic they are about doing whatever it takes to get Texas football back on top. At FSU, our priorities are confused, which is how we end up stuck in a second-rate conference until 2079, getting worked by Stanford in the Directors' Cup. Hey, well, I'm not worried about Stanford because they work everybody in the direct Directors' Cup. But yes, uh, not, not having strong leadership uh, at the AD position for the last, I don't know, 15-plus years has, has probably hurt Florida State's uh, forward momentum. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, and we're and like I said, we're we are going to do something at War Chant this week, kind of talking, looking a little bit back at the history of of how FSU and the ACC got in this position, and it's easy to rip FSU's leadership. It's easy to rip even John Swafford, but there's some challenges in the ACC when you look at the makeup of this conference that make it difficult. Once once the world changed and football became the dominant sport, twenty you know twenty five thirty years ago, basketball was where the money was made. And that's why the ACC 
was seen as preferable in a lot of people's mind when Florida State joined it. Well, those times changed and the conference changed, but the schools that are in your conference remain the same. So other than blowing it up, you were still stuck with Wake in, in some of these schools that have small fan bases. Now, when they went out and expanded, you know, when they added Virginia Tech and Miami, everybody thought those were huge additions. Well, it just turned out that both of them went in a crapper. I mean, Virginia Tech, was, I, I guess, I don't even know which one's been better over the last 15 years. Has either one of them been better? Virginia Tech has been better. They've at least won a conference title. and you know, Yeah, I mean, they, they, they've won conference titles. Miami's only played for one and never won one. But, that's, um, you know, adding, adding BC and Pitt, and, I mean, it's just, it's, you know, I think they've done what they can do, but I don't know if anybody was ready for something just crazy like what the SEC is doing right now at that time. So I don't know, man. It's it's a uh, it's easy to Monday morning quarterback all of this, uh, but I think the ACC was always going to be in a tough spot because of the makeup of these schools. Well, and if you would, they they got Miami in like '04, right? '03 yeah. or '04 is when Miami agreed to come to the ACC. Well, that was three years, two or three years removed from Miami being the best program in the nation. It right. looked like a home run. And they've been a f- complete dud. Yeah, that was the, dud. it was the right move to grab Miami. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. That's just bad luck that Miami turned into, you know, the Dolphins of college football. And the whole thing with the grant of rights, everybody's mad at them for signing the ACC for doing it and FSU for – I mean, they could not have gotten that TV network. There was just – the ESPN was not going to do it because they were afraid that – Virginia, North Carolina would jump to the Big Ten. Florida State and Clemson would jump to a different conference. And now you they, they'd start an ACC network and not have any of the good teams anymore. So they had to sign a long-term deal. It's just the problem is just not a great product. Yeah, the, um, the whole signing the deal to 2036 does seem a bit excessive. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, a little bit. Could have been a little more pushback there probably. They might, they might as well have just written, we're signed on in perpetuity. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, that's a long time. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's frustrating. Uh, last question, and we got to go. Uh, if FSU joins the SEC, can we still hate the SEC? Or do we have to act like getting our ass kicked by Alabama makes us superior? <laughs> <laughs> and chant SEC yeah. every time Alabama uh, wins another championship. Uh, yeah, that, think, would be, that would be hard to join that, join that group, join that fray a little bit, I think. Um, I would say this, it, it, it's, if I were a Kentucky fan, a Vanderbilt fan, a Missouri fan, whatever, I would enter the stadium every week knowing we were going to lose by 50 and just start chanting SEC, SEC, just yeah. to try to just, yeah, I mean, Jesus, man. Uh, for our, you guys are, you guys are, you guys are awesome. Just like, just like yeah. become like the hangers on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, walk into the stadium. Like if you're Arkansas, walk into your beautiful stadium, you got more money than God can't win anything ever. You're never going to the second. You know, Tennessee or – well, not Tennessee. They've been awful for 20 years. But the second somebody who's um, on the upper echelon of the SEC runs out of that tunnel, you're like, yeah! Let's go! <laughs> here, comes, here we go! Here There's comes some trouble. Real about to whoop our ass again. <laughs> it's going to be great. For uh, Corey Clark and Irish Fellow, I'm Jeff Cameron. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Seminal headlines on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Get more from Jeff, Corey, and Ira via iTunes and in the 97.9 ESPN Radio Audio Vault. This has been a production of 97.9 ESPN Radio, Tallahassee Sports Monster.